0: yeah losing losing like fifty sixty thousand dollars is is a really hard thing to do and losing that like for twenty days in a row is not something I recommend That's what I always tell people like <laughs> take <laughs> take my word for it you don't you don't
1: you don't want that lesson you, but you don't recommend that <laughs> no I wouldn't recommend it one day's enough you know right wow i'm just uh
0: so yeah I lost about a million dollars in about in less than three weeks in about 18 to 19 days so and it was it was painful every every one of those days was painful and uh i came out of that and you know that was probably my lowest point you know as an entrepreneur as maybe even as a person welcome to the habits to goals podcast with martin grunberg It's time to take control of your life. Are you ready to achieve goals faster and more consistently than ever before? You need The Habit Factor. You're listening to Habits to Goals, the podcast that helps you create the habits that lead to success. Here is Martin Grumberg.
1: All right, before we jump into this episode, I'd like to encourage you. Make sure you go ahead and subscribe to the Habits to Goals podcast. Do us, Henry and I, a huge favor if you could please leave a review. And finally, if you're new to the program, you're looking for a quick resource and a great tool, just text me, us, at 33444. Again, that's 33444 and simply text 4GOALS. That's the number 4, G-O-A-L-S. So that's four goals to 33444. You'll be dialed in. You'll get the template right away. Now let's bring it back to this episode. All righty. Welcome back. Thank you for joining me slash us. My name is Martin Grunberg. You have reached Habits to Goals. Today's guest is absolutely fantastic. And just wait till you hear the stories that Mr. Adam Daly is going to share. Adam, how you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Hey, it's terrific to have you here. And I, I probably should have said this in the open, but I'll, I'll qualify this as that. So Mr. Daly, of course, is in the middle of a massive book launch. And, and who knows, maybe this is his GTR. Um, I do want to say, starting out, Adam, first of all, fantastic book, very enjoyable read. Um, props to you for mentioning some of that messy stuff at the beginning, which, of course, we'll talk about. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, this is already a number one bestseller in a very difficult category. It's like family travel, right? Right.
0: Yeah. We got to, we got that number one spot, uh, I think Mm. on day two. Yeah. It was awesome.
1: (laughs) Day two. It took two whole days.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It was, uh, didn't take long, but we, uh, there was a lot of hustle behind it.
1: Well, I know it was super competitive and, and, you know, props to you for an amazing launch and an amazing book. When I checked it, I mean, I, I was like, wow, this is a tough category. And I saw, I saw like Disney books, and I don't even know what else. Some some really impressive, impressive works up there, and uh, right in and around your book. And then I will just say parenthetically, total like serendipity. As I was buying your book, I saw one on <coughs> Yosemite, and I'm hmm. going I'm going there next week. It said Yosemite for kids, so I was like, oh, oh, wow. how crazy is that? <laughs> So anyways, let's get into the book. What's the title or share the title because I think it's so funny. Yeah, the the title
0: is How to Run Away from Home and then in parentheses and Bring Your Family With You. <laughs> So yeah to describe the book i mean it's it's a little hard to describe as you probably found because it's a little bit you know kind of hacks and tips for families wanting to do it it 's a little bit of a you know autobiography kind of framing like how I ended up doing this twelve month you know trip around the world with my family. Um, and it's a little bit kind of, you know, journaling, uh, thoughts and fears and, and, and wins that we had along the way. But the, the gist of it is my family, uh, and I, we took this 12 month trip around the world, cashed in, you know, our frequent flyer miles and (laughs) and cash, cashed in some money as well. You know, kind of, we, we like to say both literally and figuratively, we, we, we took a withdrawal out, you know, in terms of, in terms of a lot of things. So, but, uh, we, we decided it was good. It was a good point in our life to. To do that and and a lot of the book is kind of framing it uh like why you should do that or why you know the objections you're probably going through in your own mind as you consider a trip like this and you know and kind of overcoming some of those objections
1: let's okay so let's back up and talk about some of that and maybe i should back all the way up i somehow i jumped out um my apologies over my sometimes my favorite part of the show the gtr the good things report yeah. again i mentioned this could be and it probably, very likely, is yours. But uh, have at it. Yeah, I mean, the good things
0: report would definitely be you know the first first week of the book launch. Um, that was that was something I'd been thinking about and I had a lot of anxiety and worry and anticipation and excitement going into and, and to come out of that successful was a, was a big win. And, you know, a little bit of a relief as well.
1: (laughs) Unbelievable. Look, I mean, months and months in the making, if not years, um, just congratulations again. That's, that's, that is phenomenal. Mine is, mine is very simple, but it reminds me of you, which is what reminded me to bring it up. So as you know, and we'll talk about, some days are better than others. Um, And at this point, I've just learned to, for lack of a better word, get in the habit of running or surfing in good days and bad. And uh so that's my GTR. I just had a, a uh-huh. fantastic run. And I know you're basically a world-class runner. Before we get into the book now, and just set this up a little, where where did you go to um high school adam i grew up in austin texas austin texas
0: yeah yeah so native texan met my wife we started dating in in high school and uh we both grew up in austin and we were we were very competitive uh athletes in high school so we 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 had like you mentioned i was a good i was a good runner so we both were great runners and we both kind of had our pick of wherever we wanted to go to school after that which was which was lucky
1: I didn't realize that. That's fantastic. And, and that accounts for the what? Five kids too. Yeah, I mean since we literally that was the, the
0: first <laughs> got, thing people told us is, "Oh, you guys are going to have fast kids when we were dating when she was a <laughs> sophomore in high school or whatever," which isn't what you want to hear when you're dating. Uh, you're nervous enough as a high school kid, you know. Um you don't want to be people talking about what how fast your kids are. You just
1: want that you just want that second date, you know. So <laughs> So I was just thinking that 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 early dating accounts for the you know the head start there five kids that is <laughs> and by the way so listener when we get to it and I promise we will I just want you to realize because um, Adam went through it really fast and we're going to talk at length about this but he took basically a sabbatical all five children and of course his wife and they they traveled around the globe for. Twelve months. So, again, we'll we'll get to that. But so you're a fast runner in high school. Um, where do you end up going to college? Um, we both went to University of
0: Arkansas, which it has a great track program. You know, I, I my other schools that I took recruiting trips to were Georgetown and Notre Dame and Stanford. And I, I mean, I could have gone, like I said, where I wanted, but I really wanted to be a great athlete. And I felt like Arkansas was the best. And we won nine national championships while I was there. So wow. it was a great, great experience. Uh, you know, Harvard or Stanford degree would be nice You know, looking back on it. But I still I still am happy about what I did.
1: Arkansas
0: Arkansas our
1: Arkansas our yep. wow that yeah. sounds so you go from Austin to our Arkansas nine the national championships when you were there specifically how many years were you there uh
0: no so we we can kind of cheat a little bit we All have right. indoor track cross-country and outdoor track oh i see so God. i have three chances to win a national championship every single season right. so i won. i won nine out of 12 our team did that and is, i was i was personally a five-time all-american at, at, during college
1: I five-time all-american and so what are you running
0: uh my kind of specialty was 5k 10k in college
1: <laughs> that's insane yeah Wow!
0: And I used to be a fast guy. I mean, I, I'm not that fast anymore, but I used to run, you know, 28 minutes for 10K. So I, back I, a long time ago.
1: That's unbelievable. But I, I've seen you run these days, and you're you're still ridiculously fast. Um, so I want to back up just a little bit. How did you know when you were just crazy, like 10K fast? What what was the epiphany? When did you start? Uh, when I, training or refining that?
0: I mean, in, in junior high and high school, I started, you know, realizing as I was playing other sports that I was noticeably better in running. And I, you know, <laughs> Growing up in high school in Texas, you want to be everyone wants to play football, and I, I still joke that I think I got more glory from my school scoring touchdowns and you know JV football than winning state and track. You know, <laughs> more girls noticed when I scored a touchdown than when I won track and field, you know, <laughs> high school championship.
1: What were you uh, What were you playing with football in football?
0: Uh, running back and uh, and cornerback.
1: Yeah, you'd be a ridiculous running back. Yeah, yeah. Wow.
0: <laughs> but I would I would show up at you know on play on Friday nights and and show up in cross country in the morning with bruises all over and not being able to get out of bed and it was you know it, some mentors I had at the time were like look I get it but you could you could really get be, go somewhere with running you you're you've got a gift and it's stupid to keep doing both basically
1: So when you were you were were you were you playing running back in high school too? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I stopped my sophomore year. Okay. I mean, I, I was like, thinking- I was pretty pumped to make the, I was the only guy to make the, you know, the varsity team. And then I just, I just bailed. You and know, you basically. realize
1: there's a lot of big, big fast dudes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, that's cool. So then you're in Arkansas and then somehow you work your way. Tell me how, like your first foray into either, you know, the business world or entrepreneurship. Yep.
0: Well, I mean, to to give the quick version, my you know my wife and I we we finished up, we ran the Olympic trials, uh, my both of our last year at Arkansas, and we moved to Spain where we worked for a couple of years. We moved back to Austin um, where we thought we were going to settle down, and after. a just several months we knew um uh, we'd we we kind of made a wrong decision so from there we decided to start a business that revolved around the olympic games and the olympic games were a, about a year and a half in advance ahead of us and they were in athens greece and we'd been to greece and we'd lived in spain and we loved that part of the world you know southern europe so we just kind of didn't really know what we were getting ourselves into from you know on an entrepreneurial standpoint, but I, I just was like, I, I gotta, I gotta follow this thing through this, this idea I have in my head of, you know, I have some access to Olympic tickets because I ran in the trials last time and I know everybody who's going because I, you know, because I was a runner. And so I, I think I can, I think I can somehow pay for us to live in Greece for a year was kind of how it all started.
1: Yeah. And (laughs) yeah, I see how it segues nicely. So Athens Olympics, what year was that? Uh we
0: moved to Athens in uh the right at the beginning of two thousand four. So like we, we scouted it out at the, the end of two thousand three for about a month and then we moved over in the beginning of two thousand four and the Olympics were in summer two thousand four.
1: But at this point you're you're not running in it, but you're you're thinking you have a way to uh make a few shekels.
0: Yeah. I got I got offered tickets in probably two thousand two, maybe two thousand three, and I said oh, you know, tickets, those are great, you know, Olympic tickets, those are worth tons of money, aren't they? You know, I didn't know what I was doing, but I just threw some money into it and forgot about it. So maybe I'll run and maybe I'll make the team, maybe I'll sell them on eBay. I just didn't know. And then I forgot about it. And then, you know, six or eight months or a year later, I was like, oh, I have those tickets. And I've been wondering what to do with my life. Maybe I should, you know, package them up and sell them to my friends, you know, that I used to compete against type of thing.
1: How, How many tickets did you have?
0: I mean, at that point, it was <laughs> I don't even know five to ten thousand dollars worth, and you know we we you know <laughs> the ironic part was you know by the end of it, it was you know eighty thousand dollars worth we we tripled down and, and then some you know we kept you know so our investment was whatever it was at that point right uh, but we you know we at one point we had before the Olympic Games, we had a hundred thousand bucks on credit cards.
1: Wow, that sounds like a party. Yeah.
0: I mean, that was, those are the good old days, right?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So that's your foray into, and then we, what are you scalping tickets at that point? And by scalping, I I don't mean scalping, but go ahead and explain that. I mean,
0: so I, I package the tickets with hotels. Um, and that was kind of the thing. And I'd sell packages and I, and I felt like people wanted to book from an American kind of tour company and be sure. shown the ropes. And that's where, you know, my, you know, Jessica and I, we went, we had a layover in Barcelona on our way to Athens when we went to scout it out. And we lived a couple of years, or like I said, in Barcelona and I, the, it just dawned on me like, Man, if we knew Athens the way we know Barcelona and had that passion and said, oh, this restaurant's great, and oh, don't take that back alley, and oh, take here's the public transportation, I knew if we had that knowledge – And passion that we could that we just would open up tons of business opportunities for Athens, specifically with Americans wanting to attend the Olympic Games. And I didn't know exactly how I just I just had a gut feeling that it would work.
1: So your packaging accommodations. You're you're really you probably have like even multiple levels of packaging, depending on what sort of concierge service these these tourists want. Totally. Sure. And, you know, if
0: I can't, if I have two tickets or 10 tickets a day of the event, uh, yeah, we turn into ticket scalpers that day. You know, it's, 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 I am, I'm like anyone, I'm hustling to sell anything I can. And with the Olympics and that career selling Olympic packages, it's, if you have, you know, $60,000 worth of inventory today, I, I can tell you how much that inventory is going to be worth tomorrow, you know, which is nothing. So, <laughs> right. so you have to sell it. You have to figure out ways to sell it which is scary.
1: Well, and so I'm guessing there were some great successes and lessons learned there. Uh, anything you care to discuss?
0: Yeah, I mean, I we, we kept doing this job and kept kind of doubling down and, you know, take a few chips off the table every now and then. But, you know, we moved to Torino, Italy next, set up for the Winter Olympics, Got you it. know, and then we moved to Germany and set up for the World Cup. And then we uh, we moved to Vancouver, Canada, and set up for the next Winter Olympics. So you know, we kind of moved where the Olympics were. We figured the longer we were there, the better. You know, the better we know the city. So we felt like we had this good formula, Um, and, and then we just kept rolling with it.
1: Got it. Very entrepreneurial. Yeah. And then that works you. So I mean, the way you kick off the book, there's you talk about Greece. And then more recently, if I'm not mistaken, you get into a bit of the World Cup action.
0: Yeah, I mean, we there was a lot of – everything went really, really well through about 2010. Oh. And then I, I moved to San Diego and was really like I, – I, I had some – I was approached a few times by people wanted to buy our business and then they'd get into it and be like, this is – as I've just explained it very entrepreneurial, but it's all based around you and your contacts and making right. deals. And we don't see a, a scalable business here. And I'm like, well, what, what does that explain what a scalable business is? And they, you know, <laughs> it's these things, it's this, you have employees, you have databases, you have a sales system, you have a CRM, you have good books that people other than you can understand. And I'm like, okay, okay, okay. I'll do all that. I'll scale this. And so I, I went and moved to San Diego and was like, started hiring, you know, everyone I could, because I was like, I'm going to be in San Diego. I'm not going to move around every two years. I'm going to build a long-term company that's scalable, that has all the right things. Um, and I was really focused on that from, you know, 2010 on, and then, uh, almost too focused on growth in general. And I, I feel like I took my eye off the ball and, uh, ended up just, just totally getting pounded at the 2012 Olympics in London. And that was a that was a big turning point for me, for sure. That led to other turning points.
1: Well, and I'm sure a great growth opportunity and a lot of lessons learned. And uh,
0: <laughs> yeah, losing losing like fifty, sixty thousand dollars is is a really hard thing to do, and losing that like for 20 days in a row is not something i recommend this is what i always tell people like <laughs> take take my word for it you don't
1: you don't you don't want that lesson but don't recommend that <laughs> no i wouldn't recommend it one day's enough you know right wow i'm just
0: uh so yeah i lost about a million dollars in about in less than 3 weeks in about 18 to 19 days so and it was it was painful every every one of those days was painful And, uh, I came out of that and, you know, that was probably my lowest point, you know, as an entrepreneur, as maybe even as a person, uh, because I said, I was a very competitive athlete. I was kind of transitioned that into business, uh, you know, did kind of wrote my own ticket. I traveled, I did whatever I wanted. And I was very in that way. I'm, you know, I'm your typical entrepreneur who likes the freedom, likes the flexibility. And, uh, and after London, it was the first time I kind of, you know, didn't feel in control. It was the first time I'd failed.
1: Well, and you know this, I mean, as well as anybody, uh, failure is just, it's, it's sounds like a cliche, but it's, it's a prerequisite. It's, it's kind of a rite of passage to, to success. Nobody just shows up uh successful and, and you're you're all the wiser for it, of course. So, wow. Yeah, that's heavy. Just processing that at, at, how how did you this is a question i routinely ask and there's probably no better time to ask it than now how do you pull yourself through um such a difficult time like one day at a time like what are you telling yourself what what's the mindset
0: you know i think
1: you know having peers
0: was a was a big thing for me and i kind of you know i i delved into reading about fel- people, you know, having failures and how they got out of it. And I was really into kind of the that whole, I don't want to say failure genre, but it was like, those yeah. stories really resonated with me when I read. And when I talked to people, um, and, uh, and having, the, having the peer group, you know, whether it was friends or other entrepreneurs, Uh, and, you know, and to be honest, just time. I mean, I had to to have some time just to lick my wounds and, you know, and, and as we talk about, you were just mentioning, you know, how we all have to go through that failure. And I think that's my one regret is that I didn't, it didn't happen earlier, to be honest. I mean, I, I wish I would have had, had that kind of setback when I was, you know, when I was young, um. Because I think it would have it would have been oh, I would have learned more from it, and th- that being said, I'm thankful that I did have it not when I'm you know fifty three and hoping to retire and my kids are going off to you know two hundred thousand dollar a year college educations, and then I get that kind of set
1: right so along the way, as you look back, were there any twinges gut feelings you you mentioned earlier you're like well my my eyes were on growth yeah and and do you think where were you thinking maybe you should have been paying attention to uh, a little bit better? All right, just a quick timeout. out. want to make sure you're aware that when you subscribe, that is, you hit the subscribe button, you're going to get three episodes automatically delivered to you, and in some cases, wirelessly. So you'll get your Mind Bullet Monday, your interview on Wednesday, and of course your frequently asked Friday, all automatically delivered when you subscribe. And on a related note, just want to make sure you realize it helps Henry and I tremendously if you're getting value to leave a quick review, particularly in iTunes. iTunes values reviews. It weighs them very heavily and that helps the show rankings and how we can spread our message. And one more, uh, quick note about our great sponsor, audible.com. If there's one thing I know, and I think Jim Rohn was the one who said this originally, in five years, the difference in your life will be largely based upon two things. The books you've read and the relationships you have fostered. Doesn't it make sense to take advantage of the downtime, whether you're on the road, on a run, in the gym, kill a couple birds with one stone, get a book going? It's phenomenal. It's I, The more people I turn on to it, the more uh, compliments I get. Not that I've actually done anything. 180,000 titles to choose from. You get one free book a month. off any other book. Again, check it out. AudibleTrial.com forward slash habits to goals. I'm going to say that again real quick. AudibleTrial.com forward slash habits to goals. And that is the number two.
0: You know, make them better people. But I wasn't listening to like, hey, what's working? What's not? You know, what, what, and, and at the end of the day, I also, I opened up an office in London with two employees and I never went and visited them. Wow. And when I first got to London, and it was literally during the Olympics, and uh, I, you know, which was a huge mistake. Obviously, I'm living in these places as, you know, and then I won't even visit the place. Right. Um, and then I, I get there and I notice, man, there's a hotel on every block. And I knew that about London. I've been there a dozen times, but I'm just like, why did I buy millions of dollars of inventory knowing? there's this much out here. It will never go empty. London will never go run out of hotel rooms. And it, so it was just that, I think looking too big picture and not looking at like, hey, there's tons of supply at them. And, you know, hey, that first weekend's not selling. So let's start selling it at, you know, a discounted price. And I just
1: wasn't paying attention to the small things. Wow. That's powerful. And that's that's a great share. Um, that is a great share. and And, you know, I'm thinking... I guess a little parenthetically, as it relates to, because I'm I'm guessing that was enormous pressure, and you had mentioned that the peer group was a everything okay? Yeah, <laughs> I thought I heard something. so. So the peer group was a way to dissipate that pressure, and it just reminds me of the the old formula for pressure, which is pressure equals force divided hmm. by area. And the area, you know this because you're a scholar, um, is comprised of things like resources, other Mm -hmm. people, time. So you were able to, over time, dissipate the pressure by having a peer group and uh, sharing struggles, so to speak. So. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm I'm in a you know we're we're both
0: in the same group entrepreneur organization, and I leaned a lot on you know my forum within that group as well as just other other people and contacts who were in that uh, in that group. And I like I said, I kind of connected with them with more entrepreneurial people in that time than anything. Um, even more so than I think even my wife, you know, I mean, she was kind of uh, mad at me, I think, just for, for even putting us in that position in the first place. So she I wasn't getting the compassion from her. Of, oh, poor thing. <laughs> you know, oh, you don't feel good. Oh, you lost. <laughs> well, lost, you're lost a million bucks. Oh, poor you. You yeah, know, so. yeah,
1: you're trying to shield her from it. So <laughs> yeah. half the stuff you you probably don't want to bring to her and don't want to review. So, yeah. Um, and, and no, I share that formula. I like you it know, for, for the, the listener, because everybody goes through incredibly, uh, you know, pressure filled moments in time. And, and, and that is just, that's why peer, uh, groups work, why support groups work. And so, so expanding your area, so to speak, is a great way to, uh, dissipate pressure. You know, All right. Like that. Well, that's the heavy stuff out of the way. Thanks for, <laughs> for sharing that. And and I'm telling the listener slash reader, when you check out this book, um, he goes through a lot of this right up front and sets the table. But but the rest of it, hopefully that dog stops barking, um, is incredibly entertaining. So, so talk about some of the highlights and then I want to make sure we get to some some tips, too. How, how do you? How does anyone? How does one pack up five kids and their wife and just hit the road for? For I, I think that is one of the most exciting. I mean, you're you're a hero in in my world. I I tried to talk my boss into something like that, and she uh. <laughs> she put and we only have two kids. She she put her foot down. <laughs> she's pretty adamant, so I didn't. I was smart enough not to push it any further, but, but, uh, I am jealous and I want to hear, here. take it from yeah. the top, man. How'd you make I it mean, happen?
0: Uh, yeah. I think, I think a lot of it is, and that's what I hear from most people is like, Oh my, you know, you need to talk to my husband or you need to talk to my <laughs> wife. Or I've had a few people like, we're going to read it together. Cause everyone, you know, and I think it's a lot of the book is really helping people overcome the objections because it's like, even if you plan this and you think this is a great idea at the end of the day, like things are also going to come up last minute. I mean, life happens, right? Oh, junior got onto the a volleyball team and this is a once in a lifetime opportunity or our business is falling apart or whatever. And so I go through personally how much, you know, heavy stuff I was going through that came up over and over again. It was, it was almost like, well, this is pushing me towards you know literally running away i was like i i my life here, and that's what 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 prompted the trip was I was living a life that where the money was good in my bank account every month, yet it was going away every month, I was spending every dollar I had, hmm. and I was saying that's a lot of money to spend." you know, for a life I don't really like that much. And then it was the second question was like, well, if I, if, if someone were to hand you that amount in cash at the beginning of every month, what would, what life would you choose? And it was like, man, I could travel like a King on whatever it was, 10 grand a month or whatever, you know? And, uh, And I thought, well, and so my whole hypothesis at the end of the day was, like, if I cut my cable bill and I cut my cell phone bill and I wasn't paying this insurance and I wasn't paying, you know, two grand a month for school and, you know, two grand a month for a nanny and all these different things, like, I bet you I I could travel around the world cheaper than I'm living my life right now. And that was my, like, hypothesis in my head. and, and, And that ended up after a year being true. Wild. Yeah. And so it was, we only had four kids. We have five now, but, but it was, so four is easy. You know what I mean? Right. So. Right. Well, my buddy,
1: my buddy told me two is just a hobby.
0: So <laughs> two to three is game changing. I will say that was the biggest transition. for
1: sure. <laughs> two to three. I'm going to So you're, up.
0: you're good to stick it to. Yeah. I mean, well, we're just, you know, yeah. 14, you're
1: I'm tapping out at 14. So, <laughs> so let's talk about some of the highlights and well, before we go through the highlights, like, like you kick it off you you head out of san diego and you land where um
0: no actually so at the time we i so I like i said a, a series of events had led me to be in austin and i merged my business uh-huh. sold my business and moved to austin to Got kind it. of prepare for the world cup in 2014 right, and that right. that didn't go as planned and so we started our trip in austin Got and uh And, you know, rented out the house we'd bought in Austin, found tenants, you know, we're up packing at three o'clock in the morning, literally packing up the house and we had a six o'clock flight, um, total stressing out my wife crying and we went to, went to Costa Rica and, uh, uh, that was our first stop. And that was a, that was a great place to start because it's a, you know, it's a great way to disconnect. It was the place where we didn't have any kind of cell phone. Most of the rest of the trip we did end up getting local SIM cards wherever we went. But, uh, but it was great. I mean, we're just, we're in the jungle and monkeys are, you know, harassing us in our front yard and we're seeing this beautiful stuff. And it was a really good way because I was just beat to hell when we started the trip, you know? So it was, it was a good way for me to kind of, go back and lick my wounds and and, and start slow, but also be really disconnected.
1: Yeah. And then hanging out in the jungle with the, uh, the monkeys. Yep.
0: And it's, it's a, it's a great place to stretch your dollar. I mean, Latin America is one of the, I mean, it's, we could live, I think we spent, you know, less than a hundred dollars a day on our accommodations there and lived in like, I mean, we were staying in four bedroom, beautiful houses, private pools. And I mean, it was, it was great. I highly recommend Costa Rica.
1: And how long did you stay there? We were there a month. Perfect.
0: And then we went up to Vancouver, Canada for about five weeks.
1: Well, that's a stark contrast.
0: Yeah. I mean, for us, the trip was uh, my first kind of draft of the trip was a you know oh let's again like thinking monetarily like oh we can do this and go try backpack through asia for you know 50 cents a day and then i thought you know we'll do that trip when the kids can carry their own bags and stuff let's let's make this trip about like us and places we know and places we know people and places we can speak the language so for the most part most of the trip was like places we'd been and loved and where we, we, you know, our kids thought at the end of a year that we were rock stars because we knew people in every city, you know, we're we're in Athens or we're in Dusseldorf or we're in Barcelona <laughs> and we have all these friends and they're
1: just like, Oh my God, mom and dad know everybody everywhere. Yeah, and it's like, well, rolling out the red carpet <laughs> for you.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So That's
1: sweet. So then so, uh, Canada, you roll.
0: You, we went to Canada for about five weeks and then we flew down to, San Francisco and drove all the way down to San Diego. Spent a little time in, you know, a week or so in San Diego and then went San Diego, Hawaii, uh, New Zealand, Australia. Where, where we, in
1: Hawaii were you?
0: We were just in uh, uh, Honolulu for less than a week. Just so it was less like than our a layover. Week, huh? Yeah, it was our layover. Like it was, we had this really good thing where we used all that. The, most of the trip. Uh, I mean, all the trip, in fact, I use frequent flyer miles. That's another big piece of, <laughs> of the puzzle. And so we had a layover, and we were able to do a layover in in, in Hawaii for, I think, like I said, four or five days. Something That's like that. a
1: huge, huge tip. And I know I said I want to save it for some of the tips on the back end. but So you were using those miles for accommodations and yep. and flying yep. and everything, huh? We booked
0: every single international leg using miles. So we pay the taxes, but I mean, we, you know, and you have to plan a, a bit ahead for some of these, but um, yeah, I mean, I'd spent, like I said, a lot of money over the years <laughs> and, and and I'd spent a lot of it on credit cards. So I had a lot of miles and, and even like, you know, once I knew I was going to do the trip six months in advance, I started using those credit cards more and I started flying those airlines more hmm. so I could leverage that mileage. But yeah, for us, it was a big piece of it was, uh, was maximizing the miles. So
1: Hawaii to where?
0: Hawaii to New Zealand. We spent uh, a couple of months in New Zealand, and then spent about three months in Australia. So we spent, a, 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 you know, almost five months in these, you know, English-speaking countries. So it's not, it wasn't like I said the most exotic places, but it was, it was great. I mean, the, we had some amazing places there. Um, and we, we stayed two places, you know, part of the, one of the tips I talk about in the book is, you know, you really, if you're somewhere for a long time, you really, it's less like traveling. It's more like living. You can meet, make friends and unpack your bags. And so in weird in Australia, we're in two different places in Sydney and in Byron Bay for more than a month. And it was, those were both great experiences just to be able to, to kind of live and get that experience versus, you know, 72 hours and hitting all the sites and all that type of thing.
1: So, and, and again, at the point, so you got, you got all these little rug rats running around. Uh, it's in a lot of ways, I mean, for them, it's incredible. You're in these English speaking countries. They're learning a ton. They're exposed to an insane, totally different environment. What any highlights from their perspective that, that uh, you, you noticed any good stories coming out of that?
0: I mean, so, you know, and again, as I talked earlier about the objections, one of the objections you have, anyone can have is all oh, my kids are too young and they're not going to remember it. So my kids, my youngest two children probably won't remember much of this trip when they're adults. You know, one of them definitely won't. Um, and that's a reason you could use not to do it. But, uh, you know, that being said, my daughter, who was six when we started, I mean, she kept she did almost a 200 page journal of the trip. So it helps her rem- remind her of things. And she She's very intelligent. She's very well-written, very well-spoken. And that trip has fundamentally changed her as a person. And she and, and I think it changed the other kids just being able to hear languages. And even though they don't speak, you know, Catalan or Italian or something, right. they know languages exist and they know these places exist and they know what it's like to be on a plane. They know the difference between going on a plane two hours and ten hours. And and I think just having that that, that culture and exposure to cultures – you know, it changes them for sure. Long-term and it changes who they are. And also seeing, you know, a big thing I talk about in the book is seeing your parents not know everything as well. <laughs> I mean, it's like we running travels hard, man. I mean, you're going to get in these situations where oh, yeah. the train is an hour late and your bags aren't on it or you got to figure, you know, it's just like, That's if you're lucky, it's stressful. totally. Yeah. So it's like, they see these situations where you're like, Wait, mom and dad don't have everything figured out or you know, like, whoa, this is crazy. So and I, I'm happy for them to learn that at a young age. Right.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, just eye opening experience, um, changing their environment is 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 fundamental to exposing them to just a whole new like incredible possibilities. So yeah. um Fantastic. All right. Well, we're kind of rounding, I guess, at least second base here. And one of the, the, maybe closer to third, one of the uh, routine questions I like to ask Adam, and I'm looking forward to your answer here, as it relates, how how would you define success? I mean, for me,
0: I think success is really just waking up and being, being content slash happy with, with a, what you have, but I don't mean like as a possession, just what you, what the day you're going to live that day. Right. And not being, uh, Oh, in a, you know, a week my life will be good because I'm going on vacation in a week or next month or my life will be better next year because I can buy the house or whatever. So just, I think of success just being, really happy with what you have in terms of your life. I, I guess that's the easiest way I would define success. Got it.
1: And you, this isn't to put you on the spot. I'm just curious yeah. if you, if you have a uh, distinction, perhaps you make between happiness and contentment. Yeah.
0: Um, I think it's just awareness, you know, that I, that's something I struggle with a lot to be honest. Cause I'm like, like all, I you know, literally woke up in the middle of the night a couple months ago going like, wait, I'm, I'm happy. I just don't even, I don't, I haven't recognized it, but I have, I'm, I'm doing that every day. I'm waking up and doing what I want. I just think that I need these extra things right. in my life, but I'm like, I don't, those extra things get me to the place I think I want to be, but I'm actually already there. So I think it's contentment of just going like, I'm not going to you know, as, as entrepreneurs or as humans, probably we're always changing the finish line, right? We're always saying, Oh, if I could just get to here, I'd be happy. And then you get there and you're like, now I want to double that. Right. I want to get to, you know, so you're moving the finish line always,
1: (laughs) you
0: know? And so I think, you know, it's, it's important to just not be always chasing something. I mean, we, you know, you're, you're kind of taught the opposite, like, Oh, never be satisfied and always trying to self-improve. And I, I believe in that, but I also think it's important just to reflect and be like, you know, and be grateful for what you have as well and be like, hey, I'm content. I, I I got to a pretty neat place in my life and I can go coach my daughter in soccer. I can go, you know, have a beer with a friend in the middle of the day or I can go on a walk, you know, with another friend in the morning or whatever it is that that you define as, you know, a good life.
1: Well, and I'm glad I asked because I, I loved hearing that. And, and I think the the quandary for for a lot of people is is they begin to believe it's one or the other. So they're either chasing, 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 or they're happy, you know, and mm-hmm. content. And mm-hmm. the answer in my experience now, after giving it a whole lot of thought, is both. Mm-hmm. It's it's okay, and you probably should be striving to improve and chase and go after goals, because mm-hmm. that's that's growth and challenge and all those good things. And then... At the same time, along the way, it's great to um, be grateful and be content and be happy. And if you're not selling. Doing one doesn't sell out the other. The yeah. the I I think what you're doing is a beautiful example of doing both and and having that awareness. So so again, I'm glad I asked that. Fantastic. Well, you know. Of course, this is called <laughs> this is called habits to goals, and and I wrote a little book a while ago called The Habit Factor. So I like to ask people, great achievers like yourself, um, name two or three of their best habits, the habits they think that are responsible, so to speak, for for getting them to where they are. Yeah,
0: I mean, I think um, along the way you know, visualizing goals has been a good habit for me. I mean, I remember being in college and writing down the times I wanted to run in races and really thinking about that. Um, you know, that that's always been a big key for me, and I think you know, again to come back to running, which I don't really talk about running that much, ironically, but uh I'm gonna bring it up twice in the same, you know, context of the same conversation is is uh, you know, because I was such a disciplined runner for many years, I I really fell off the wagon and just didn't I didn't I didn't like the discipline that running brought me with with you know having to do it every day and run, and eating and drinking and all the all the things that went along with it. So I, I you know, I wasn't living very healthy and on this trip actually I uh right around Christmas time I ran I think a couple of days in a row and on, it was on January 4th or something somebody you know someone one of my friends like hey I've worked out every day this year and I was like so have I and I was like oh that's kind of cool and so I was like I should keep doing that and it wasn't this <laughs> conscious thing but it was like I don't I work out now every day and I, I'll miss a day every you know a day or two every month but I mean you're talking about three years ago I was working out a day or two every month and now i I've I run every day. And I'm, and I, like I said, I don't do it. To, I feel like it's a habit. Like I run at 530 in the morning on Thursdays which is unusual, but I run every five, every Thursday at five 30. And for the whole day I have this not anxiety, but I'm like, Oh no, I need to get my run in, you know, because I, it's something in my head that it's a habit that I work in my run throughout the course of the day. And so, because that Thursday, I've already got it done. It's this weird mind trick on me. So I would, I would definitely think the running slash exercising is a, is a, is a good healthy habit for me that I've built. Uh,
1: just foundational. Um, yeah. Just health before wealth so that's great and i love the visualization one i don't think anybody's ever mentioned that and and that is so strong i'm i'm guessing that that sort of visualization took place as it relates to your book and and then yeah. of course being a number one bestseller in its category and and uh, all that so fantastic do you have another one or do you want me to move to the next question
0: <laughs> um i mean if the i think the next question right is like what bad happens yeah. you know, i have lots more of those I just bet, just so. one yeah <laughs> if
1: there's, if there's how, I, you're, I, you're a I mind mean, reader maybe one you're work looking to improve i uh, think
0: it's, it's' it's really just focus uh you know as an entrepreneur who does a a lot of juggling you know with my businesses as well as my personal life and children and everything else i i i find it easy to skip from one to jump around from project to project to project. And so even, even the book was really, really good for me because for, you know, two weeks I was really focused on that book and, and the promotion and sailing and getting out to my network. And so, um, my bad habit would just be, you know, lack of focus, uh, um,
1: for sure. Well, I mean, the fact you got a book done speaks volumes. I know how difficult that can be. Um, (laughs) All right. So we checked off success. We checked off habits. How about a uh, favorite book or two transformative book, you know, a significant book in your life. Again, you, you can name, I don't know as many as you really, really want to, but uh would love to hear that.
0: I mean, I, I enjoy, you know, the, the same books as, you know, most people in my position, you know, I, I love the, the Tim Ferriss type of stuff. Um, I also, you know, outliers made a big impact on me, both in business as well as, you know, the way I raise my children and think about raising my children Got and it. in terms of like, you know, motivating people and being, you know, leadership type of stuff. I love multipliers and I like all the Dango Pink stuff, uh, as well. So, it, you know, those are definitely all those things are really impactful for me.
1: That's great. And then we are very, we are very close to, uh, buttoning this thing up. A favorite, you know, website, app, tech tool, gadget. And again, it doesn't have to be limited to one, but something you kind of can't live without excluding your smartphone. Yeah. I
0: mean, I, so I, I, right now, one of my businesses is, uh, it basically has these vacation rentals. We have, you know, a few, few different uh, properties. And so I'm on Airbnb all the time. And I like the, I like the platform. I use it. Obviously I used it for a year when I'm, you know, as a, as a, on the other side of the coin, and I still do every now and then. So I love Airbnb. I also don't, we have one, we have five children, but we have one car. So I'm, I'm always taking Uber. Mm. So I, I really like that uh, by choice. I take Uber and, um, because I don't like stressing about parking or you know if I go have beers with someone I don't have to worry about you know driving after or whatever so I uh, for me those two things as well as I use slack a lot I'm on I think probably seven or eight different slack groups so um, you know I, I love that tool as well
1: that's, that's going around a lot of people a lot of people are hitting the slack it's playing, really playing simple it's, yeah
0: it's simple like and that technology existed other people have tried it they just it's a timing thing you know for yeah. their I, I that technology was out with Salesforce and chatter a few years ago I mean six years ago and it just didn't take it but now now slack hit it it's timing right
1: yeah absolutely all right well before we officially button this up and I get a few links and talk about things we can promote you're talking now not to me uh, But but to the listener as a buddy and you're just saying, you know, this is why you should do it. Like a few tips, advice. I mean, give it, look, give it to the, give it to them. Give it to yeah, them. The, the, the way most people look at
0: travel. And this is especially true, I think, once you have children is travel is something in your past or it's in your future. <laughs> I can't I can't do that because X, Y, Z. And most of that revolves around. Your mortgage, your children, their activities, your job, whatever it is. School. School, all those things. So most people I – talk to when i talk about the book and you know is oh remember the days right so it's in their past oh remember the days when i used to travel remember that trip we did here remember we did this or it's way in the future like man when junior gets out of high school we are going traveling trust me (laughs) so there's there's this 25 year gap or whatever yeah that that is that's a and and my thing is like don't don't do that those are the best 25 years of your life not only can you have this impact on your children but it's it's I'm, I'm very clear about in, in the book that this isn't just for my children. I needed this for myself. Right. You know, I needed this trip, and it was a, it was time for me to make a withdrawal. And yes, I had less net worth at the end of the trip than I had in the beginning. I wasn't this perfect Tim Ferriss who had all, my whole life automated. You know, kicking out paychecks every two weeks. Like, but I was <laughs> okay with that. And I think we, I think, why are we okay with spending our net worth when we're sixty? you know, and dwindling it down, but not when we're 40. And it's a, it's just a, it's a different mindset. And I think, like, as I mentioned, Airbnb, I think that, you know, that created a path for me, you know, renting house, my own homes on Airbnb and and things like that to where I became more comfortable with it. But, you know, if you've dreamed about it, you can do it. And if you're, you know, if you're completely turned off the idea, it sounds horrible. Then I, then I don't think I can convince you. But if you're, if you're like, I'd love to do it, but then I would suggest you look at the book and I would suggest you reframe the way you're looking at your life.
1: Well, that is incredible advice. I love it. It's, it's not about the past. It's not about the future. It's about now. Absolutely. And, and there is, you know, the old cliche, there's no guarantee at 60, you're going to get the opportunity to go run around and travel. Absolutely. So, so that's powerful. That's enlightening take action now book that trip (laughs) get it going all right adam uh you got me fired up maybe i'm gonna (laughs) i'm gonna go try to sell wifey one more time just give her Um, the book
0: give her a copy of the book
1: (laughs) i've already been talking about it big time she just gives me a dirty (laughs) Um, all right well the book is how to run away from home and bring your family with you the website adam Keepmovingfast dot com <laughs> KeepmovingFast dot com. Yep. And that has a double meaning if you know how fast this guy can run. All right, Adam, as I said, incredible uh interview, very enlightening, very entertaining.
0: I'm yeah, thank you out. for having me.
1: We'll see you at the next episode.